On today's show, this Dallas Mavericks team loses this game last year against the Grizzlies. This team this year won it, even being shorthanded. What's the difference and who stepped up? We'll talk about that and more today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day where we let it ride. Thanks for being part of the show and making Lockdown Maps your first listen today where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section what's one thing that stood out to you in this game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, joining me, the post-game prodigy. What you got for me, Slightly Biased? I'm starting to feel pretty good about this team. Hey! I was always feeling kind of good, but I'm starting to feel pretty good. Wow! And it's going to get to very good soon. I was going to say, they're about to test that. They're about to test yeah, that with their upcoming, their, their upcoming schedules. We're really <laughs> going to test that medal right there. Uh, but, man, we will talk about this Mavs win against the Grizzlies, 120 to 113. Mavs down bad injury-wise. Tons of guys out. We'll talk about all that, who they were missing. And Grizzlies down a bunch of guys, too. But still, you look at what this Mavs team did, and we'll talk about the you know, Derek Lively of it all. Amazing, insane impact in this game. I don't even think his stats show how impactful he was in this game. We'll talk about Jaden Hardy coming off the bench and making an impact. Omax, yes, Omax making some threes, making an impact. Dante Exum again, making a big impact. Luka Doncic, 43, almost 44 minutes in this game, which is just, just insane. And he was insane the whole game, too, as far as going after people, taunting people, and everything. But slightly, I want to start here as we, we continue to let it ride. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. DJ Nick. Last year. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Last year, this Mavericks team, which it's not very many of the players are the same, but yeah. the Mavericks last year would lose a game like this. You're without Kyrie. You're without Josh Green. You're without Grant Williams. You're without Maxi Kleba. Like, Four, two starters, one all-star, two like two starters and a rotation player. You're out all these guys. They would lose a game like this. The Grizzlies come out firing. They hit a bunch of threes in the first quarter. They actually shot 41% from three overall, but started out with like five early threes. And the Mavericks just kept answering and kept answering. And then the Grizzlies would come on a run, would go on a run, and like they cut it to nine and they would cut it like cut the Mavs lead down and they would start to go on a run and the Mavs transition defense would kind of falter and then they you know the Grizzlies would come back and this Mavericks team just like never gave up and defensively I saw an effort and an intention and a hustle that we just haven't seen from a Mavericks team in a while and it was really refreshing and like I loved seeing that from this team yeah I don't know if it's just because maybe there's been so many injuries and so many of these young guys have had to come into the lineup but like you said, the, the defensive intensity over the last few weeks has been noticeable. And granted, we were talking about this before we went live. Like the schedule has been fairly easy for the Mavericks, right. especially defensively. <laughs> like even even some of the good teams they've played, like the Lakers the night before. You know, that's not the the night before Thanksgiving. That's not a very good offensive team, right? But no. they've still taken care of business. And I was saying since that game, 
the Mavericks have been the eighth best defense in the NBA, which is kind of like shocking. And that's like a decent amount of, of games in that stretch. That's like, I don't know, 10 or so games. So uh, it, you, it's noticeable when you watch it, right? I know that the, the teams they're playing aren't very good, but they're yeah. rotating better. They're, they're, their energy is just incredible. Everyone from top to bottom. They're taking no, care of business in, in these games, right? Like this, this you would call a take care of business game. No John Morant, no Marcus Smart, no Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark, no Luke Kennard. Like you just go down the list for the Grizzlies too. They're missing a bunch of guys. So mm-hmm. it was a take care of business game for the Mavs as long as they have Luka. And they did. And he was there and he did a lot. And so they did it though, but they needed to do it on defense too. Even though this Grizzlies team isn't a very good offensive team either. They've got Jaron Jackson Jr. Who they have a hard time guarding. He had 41 in this game. It looked like he was looking for his own shot at every, at every turn in this game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they've ha- They have struggled to defend Desmond Bain in the past. He had 28, but you didn't feel it as much as you felt it in some, in some other games when it was lower scoring. And you look at what the Mavericks did overall. Like they limited fast break points. I was on grind city media with, uh, with Kelsey Wright. Earlier today, we do like a preview of, of the Mavs Grizzlies game. And I, she asked like, what's the one key for them? What's the one thing the Mavericks have to do? I said, they have to limit transition opportunities because the Mavericks, when they limit transition opportunities have been good and their defense can be solid. They've got a better half court defense than they have a transition defense. And they only allowed 15 points in the, in transition, which is, you know, not, not like a, 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 it's not a ton of points. It's not a little amount of points, but for the Mavericks, it's a really good number. And so you'll take that. You'll limit that. You limit the uh, second chance points to only 10 second chance points for the Grizzlies. And the Mavericks then just executed on offense and found ways. And found ways, honestly, in the one stretch of the game where you really needed to, the beginning of that second quarter when Luka sat out, literally the only stretch of time he was out in this this whole game, beginning of the second quarter, it was Hardy, Curry, Exum, which I really liked. Uh, kid doing that because that's the your only three ball handlers that were left <laughs> that were, that were yeah. not hurt Hardy Curry Exum Omax and Derek Lively and they went on a they they were 15 and 11 to start that second quarter without Luca like that's just a run that the teams in the past you just get you just get just totally destroyed when Luca sits and they found a way to to carve out some points and to make it you know make it a game there well yeah but this is the difference right because it's funny. I don't. It was after the Thunder game. I saw people on on Twitter who were like, "Oh my god, I I can't believe this is the roster construction." It's like, all right, any team missing five guys, right, yeah. is is really going to struggle in a game. Then you see games like tonight again. We're missing five guys. The Mavericks are two of the three guys you're missing are or two of the five guys you're missing are two of your top three scores in Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh, I forgot. I even I didn't even mention Tim. Or he was a late yeah, scratch. Tim Hardaway <laughs> Jr. was a late scratch. And instead of God bless him. Instead of, you know, the Frank Nilaquinas, shout out to France. <laughs> Instead of the Faku Compazos, shout out to uh, Argentina. Hey. Kimball Walker, shout out to cry for Carolina. Me. I don't I have no idea where Kimball Walker from. He just seems like a Carolina guy. He's from New um, York. He's, isn't he from the Bronx? Oh, okay. That's true. He's or from New Brooklyn. York. My bad. I don't know why I got a Carolina vibe from him. Anyways, uh, the third quarter, <laughs> he like played you said. in Charlotte they, for so long. Yeah, okay. That, that's what it is. The guys who stepped up in that second quarter, Exum, five of six in that quarter with 11 yeah. points. Uh, Hardy, three of three, nine points. Then, of course, Luca has 12 points because he's Luka Doncic in seven minutes. But still, <laughs> those guys stepped up and really kind of carried them to a win. I mean, Exxon was incredible again. And these are the guys who are stepping up now. I mean, Markeith Morse is your 15th guy, 14th guy. That's You could do a lot worse. Really, you could. When they signed him, I, I, I kept being told over and over again that this is the worst thing and that it's a waste of a roster <laughs> spot. And I was like, hey, he may be, it may not be, but... 
you know, there are other, there are other things they can do with it, but it's a non-guaranteed contract, and we'll see. But hey, hit two threes in this game. He came out. He came two out. Two big was, threes. Yeah, he came like out. It was, was really, slipping. It was really rough to start, but then I thought he made a big impact in this game. He was guarding Jaron Jackson Jr. Sometimes he was getting mm-hmm. you know got a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, two steals. Uh, I thought he he made an impact, but. You, we can't talk about the difference between last year's team and this year's team without talking about Derek Lively because, oh my yeah. gosh, he was so, from just from the jump, so impactful. First of all, they won the jump, which doesn't didn't happen very often last year. Yeah, true. But 16 points, 16 boards, two assists. He only got one block and zero steals, but he had so many deflections. He had, he had, mm-hmm. he had more blocks than just the one. I don't know why they only counted one, but he was so impactful. 35 minutes in this one. Out rebounded Jaron Jackson Jr. sixteen to four, which Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't get a lot of rebounds. But if you just go center to center, hey, you'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mavs won the rebounding battle in this one, and Derek Lively was was all over the place. They only allowed forty two points in the paint. The Mavs scored forty eight. That's a big number we've been following all year. Lively was just so good, and he's one of the big differences between last year and this year because they just didn't have a player like that. Yeah, and he's starting to reach this point where it's like you can tell the other team is is a little bit fearful of of Lively. Down in the post, there was times where Lucas said it uh, recently. Yeah, like Xavier Tillman got the ball like three times in the paint, and his legs just started shaking immediately and wants to pass out. Like he's become a legit deterrent. Mavericks have obviously never had that in in because even when KP was here, KP was more of a help side like shot blocker. It wasn't like he was under the basket. Like oh my god, like we can't even attempt a layup here. But uh, man, uh, yeah, he was tremendous tonight. And <sighs> you watch some of these other centers play. And I don't, I don't want to compare him to some of these other guys, but you watch like the Lakers, right? I mean, the in-season yeah. tournament, we're watching him. And AD, with his length and his athleticism for his size, just all over the floor, disrupting things and, you know, playing at the level in the screens and trapping guys in the screens. Can Lively get to that? Probably not. I mean, that's a defensive player of the year level guy and one of the greatest defenders ever. End of the first quarter, though, I marked it down. Around the five-minute mark, they had Lively playing up to the level of the screen, and he was affecting ball handlers. And I was like, oh, let me just write this down real quick. That's exactly why I say that. starting to flirt with it. He's better in space on the perimeter than I would have maybe even ever expected him to be. This is why I tweeted out recently, like, if Lively developed into the guy he is currently, like, I think most people would have just been happy with that. Yeah. Like, if it was a one- or two-year wait period to get to this, like, we'd be like, all right, we we got the best center in the Luka era. And it's two months into his rookie season. <laughs> and it's like, could he be Anthony, Anthony Davis defensively? Like, is that something we, which I'm not expecting, but. I happen to listen back to the, to the, like the, the instant reaction, like one minute YouTube short I did on the draft night. And I was like, they got Derek Lively's the center of the future and a project they get to, they get to put together. <laughs> and they got Omax, who I think is going to play right away. Like I said, Derek yeah. Lively was going to play right away, but I, I was like, he probably won't start right away, but he'll play right away, which I was right mm-hmm. about. Cause he didn't start game one, but man, yeah. I mean, he's just been so good. He's been so impactful and he changes everything with, that the Mavericks can do. And uh, yeah, offensively and defensively teams are starting to notice and starting, he's starting to like, there's a scouting report on him basically now. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just been crazy to watch him develop and learn game to game. One of the big things I wanted to point out before this game was how he defends Jaron Jackson Jr. when he's driving. And there was like three or four times I wrote down that he just stonewalled him where he, Jaron Jackson Jr. tried to drive at him and Derek Lively learned from the three, two or three fouls he got on him in the first game and didn't foul him. Coming up, let's talk about Luca because Luca. <laughs> A-hole Luca came came back out in this game. He was taunting Classic. everybody and uh, got a technical that will probably get rescinded, but we'll see. We'll talk about that and his impact and how the Grizzlies tried to guard him. Talk about all that and more coming up. 
Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Game Time has all kinds of tickets for you. You can go check out the Game Time app. You can go to gametime.co, see what they have for you, all kinds of things. With, you know, with Christmas coming, there's probably a bunch of Christmas events you can go to. They don't just have uh, sporting events, they got concerts and all kinds of stuff. They got Nicki Minaj tickets for May. You can go check that. That's at the AAC, the American Airlines Center. They have the Cotton Bowl, Ohio State, Missouri at AT&T Stadium. They've got the Ottawa Senators. Get some hockey, eh? Go see that. 23 bucks right now to go see that hockey game on Friday if you want to go watch some hockey. What they say about hockey? Let's do that hockey. Uh, all kinds of other stuff, too. They have concerts. They have comedy. They have all things like that. And you know that you're guaranteed to get the... Um, you're guaranteed to get the best deal, even up to like an hour after the game starts. You can get that. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code LockedOnNBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app. Uh, game Time, last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Egging on the crowd. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. If you want to get deeper in your Mavs love, your Mavs fandom, get stuff sent straight to your phone. Subscribe to the subtext. Click the link in the description. Try it. Try it for free for, I think, two weeks and see what, see if you like it. Ask me questions. I'll respond to them. All that kind of stuff. I do mailbags. I do film review videos. I'll do text during games, update you. Uh, you don't have to spend as much time on Twitter, and we all need that, so... Subscribe to the sub, subscribe to the subtext. Click the link in the description. All right, slightly. Luka Doncic, the way that the Grizzlies defended him, I think if we took Luka to a lab right after this game, just like put him in like a, a glass case and just transported him to a science lab and they swabbed him, like swabbed his sweat off of him and they DNA tested it in the lab. I think every single Memphis Grizzlies player sweat would come would come up as a <laughs> DNA match on this because they were bodying him at every single turn. There was always a pl- a Grizzlies player touching, like yep. physically touching Luka Doncic. They were like this is the most physical I think I've seen somebody like a team guard him this season. Uh the 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 it was very similar to what the Bulls tried to do against him and that was one of the ones that was successful is you have somebody go, like face guard him as close as possible and then you wait and don't send the second help until he gets into his like gets into his drive, gets into his like jump basically, and you try to just like disrupt him right at the point of decision. You're like, all right, he's go- we know he's going to get into this point of decision. He's either going to shoot or he's going to pass or he's going to do you know something. They're like, all right, right at the last second, send somebody, and they just did it over and over and over again. Send sending traps sometimes a little earlier, and he had to you know break a bunch of traps with lively like we talked about and a bunch of other things. But man, they were so physical with him in this game. They were double teaming him on inbounds sometimes. <laughs> like it was absolutely insane what they were doing. And then face, I mean, they had the Grizzlies had possessions when Biombo was on the floor, and there there was no switching going on. Biombo was just face guarding Luca, and I guess it was just let's put our, our lengthiest player out there on Luca so he doesn't even get the ball. And like you said, I mean, he had to work hard just to even receive the ball in this game. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, it, it makes sense for the Grizzlies, right? Because if you just look up and down the Mavericks lineup tonight, I mean, who's gonna burn you, right? XM. Oh. Okay, he burned us a little bit. Uh, Lively, oh, he burned. Oh, Hardy, okay, he burned us. So the Mavericks role guys really stepped up and helped Luca. But yeah, he was the fact that he scored thirty five points tonight, really just kind of insane. And then you look at the assist and turnover numbers, like six assists, three turnovers. You might look at that and think, oh, you know, that's just okay. The fact that he only turned the ball over three times with the amount of ball pressure he faces is just nuts, like absolutely insane. And he should have easily had ten plus assists. I mean, some of the passes he threw tonight were just otherworldly. He threw a pass tonight where he's 
getting trapped, like doubled at half court. He kind of stumbles, the ball comes out, and then he gets the ball back. He rips it away. He's on his knees. He turns around, and instead of passing the player closest to him, like 10 feet away, he chucks the ball over. Was it was it Exum? It was Exum all the way in the opposite corner. Like he's towards he's towards the the bench sideline where he is, and he chucks it all the way to the opposite corner while he's sitting there right over. Did you say Chan, it was Chanchar? Chan, you need to understand if you didn't watch this game, Hardy is literally standing <laughs> three feet away from him, wide open, and Lucas sees Conchar just like take like two steps towards Hardy and just throws a lollipop pass from his knees to the corner, perfectly to Exum. Conchar like jumps up and puts his hand up like as high as he could reach, like trying to do the vertical test at the combine, basically. Yeah, like the ball t- goes right over his fingertips, right into the bread basket for Exum, and he just loads up and hits a three. And you're like, how did Luca just make that pass? And I don't think that was his most impressive pass either. No. I mean, he had a pass to Omax. Yes. Is that, what, is that the pass you're going to talk yes. about? Where just like a live dribble skip pass perfectly to the corner. And Omax, unfortunately, didn't make the three. But it was just an unbelievable pass. And he just, the way he reads the defense. Like, I'm looking at this play right now. And, like, uh, uh, Santi Aldama commits in a fraction of a millisecond. Santi Aldama steps towards Derek Lively, who's rolling, to try and tag the roller. And Luca just whips this pass. I mean, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's predetermined because his decision-making is that fast that it almost feels like it is. But I, but I feel like if Aldama doesn't step over to help on the roller there, that he's going to find Lively right under the basket. I mean, it's just what, crazy what he does. What'd you call him? Santa Aldama? You, uh, Did I call him? To the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Santi Aldama. I think he said Santi. Uh, Santi Claus Aldama. Yeah, Santi Claus Aldama. Yeah, Luca had to fight for everything. And you know what? He was having some fun with the, with the Grizzlies crowd. They were booing him. There's so many clips on Twitter. If you want to go, there's, you've probably seen them on, on social everywhere by now. But he's just like, you know, they're they're booing him. And he's just like, oh, you're booing me? Oh, oh, boo. <laughs> like, just doing the little, like, mocking face back to them. He was pointing at guys. There's a, a moment where Vince Williams, one of the the wings on the Grizzlies, like, falls down off of a – Luca gets a rebound toward, on the baseline. He falls down, and Luca just grabs the rebound, looks down at him, pauses and then just like then then dribbles up the court like he didn't he didn't have to do that at all and, no. and then he gets a tech he gets a technical and he's going back and forth and he he gets a technical and then he gets fouled and then he's on the free throw line he's still complaining about the technical and the ref says Egging on if you can hear that through what mark Falwell says like listen listen through it you can hear him you hear this ref go you started all of it Egging on the crowd I don't even agree with that. <laughs> he started it by like attending the game by by step, Vince, stepping on Vince the court. Williams and Luca are going at it the whole game. He's the new Terrence Mann. Big, these role guys got to stop it, man. They really do. <laughs> He's the new Mo Wagner, Terrence Mann. Who's who are the other ones that Luca hates? The random Pistons assistant coach. Used to be Dylan Brooks, but he's he's too well known now. Yeah, he's. I mean, Dylan Brooks has some pedigree. Yeah. But Luca guarded guarded so intensely, so physically, and he still came away with 35 points, eight boards, six assists. Like you said, only three turnovers. Just insane. Hit his three. He hit, I think Tim Cato said this, and I, I believe him. I haven't fact-checked it. The first corner three of Luca's career. Season. Season. Oh, the season? 
There's no there's, way. He there's has no hit way a it's the first three. one. It, he's he's the second fastest player ever tonight to a thousand threes. By the way, too that happened <laughs> by there's one no game. Way he's never hit a court. Yeah, one singular game. Listen, listen. Off. You would believe it though. Yeah, if we're he's just never so hit a corner greatness. <laughs> he's not, no, I would believe that he had never hit a corner three though. <sighs> I mean, I can't remember one off the top of my head, but I would immediately say there's no way Luca hasn't hit a corner three. In his because career. before this season, he was shooting like 33 percent from catch and shoot threes at all, 31 yeah, percent no, sometimes. He like he's th- like until this year he teens. hasn't really hit him. He's in like the teens in the corner. I'm pretty sure low twenties or teens percentage wise. He just can't shoot them. All right. I don't know how I, you know, I, not, I, not to compare myself to Luca <laughs> basketball wise, <laughs> might as well, go but I'm, I'm like, I can't, sh- I'm, I really struggle when I shooting corner threes too. I'm much better on the wing and top of the key. I don't know. Maybe it's just a thing for some guys. Just that. He's corner definitely, three. Hit, he hit a corner three last year. So there's just no way that's a first. Yeah. But he only hit six la- all of last year. <laughs> but can I also say too, that defensively, we I talked we talked about earlier in the show about how the Mavericks are rotating like the rotations are just way better and guys are just go finding the players are supposed to be rotating to. Definitely, Luca was really good at that as well tonight. He had one possession where it ended in a crazy Luca block from behind, but he starts the possession on Zaire uh, Williams, helps off, pass goes to Zaire Williams, he rotates out, then he yep. switches onto Vince Williams, then he switches again onto Zaire Williams, and then he collapses uh, on a Santi Aldama post-up and blocks him from behind. I mean, it was he like just He read effort. that it was a Santi Aldama like, post-up. I think it was on Marcus Markeith Morris or somebody. And Luca just read it the whole way. And he goes, he's, yeah. going, up, he's going up with it. So I'm going to cheat over, and I'm just going to swat it. And he did. It's like complete perfect timing. He's mm-hmm. also getting down that like wrap around, poke the ball out from behind thing. Anytime somebody spins or tries to get around him, that's mm-hmm. becoming – like the way that Dirk used to slap down on drives every time, like when someone would drive at Dirk, he wouldn't like block them. Jokic does this now too, but he would slap down at the ball and he would technically get a block for it. Luca's defensive play like that now is the wraparound pass as somebody like posts up on him or tries to spin or whatever. Uh, but coming up, tons of role players made impacts in this game, like slightly said earlier. We'll talk about them. What do we see from Omax, from Hardy, from Exum, all those guys. Talk about it more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of props, odds, spreads. And right now, if you want to put some money down in the money line, hope you put some money down on the Cowboys over the Eagles because that was a beatdown and you would have won that money. You can go put some money down on anything, NBA, NFL. Uh, they've got they've got some WNBA things. I bet you could have put some money down on, on the uh, the lottery if you wanted to. But let's see where the Cowboys are for next week. They have Cowboys. Come on, computer. They have Cowboys plus two and a half against the Bills. What? That is interesting. Bills at home, Cowboys on the road, plus two and a half. That means you can get plus 116 on the money line for the Cowboys. That means if you you put down money, you actually like you actually win more money uh, on that. You don't have to, to double down more on it. So check that out. Put down five bucks on it. You get $150 in bonus bets if the Cowboys win that game. If you do it with FanDuel, dot com slash locked on again check it out fanduel.com slash locked on shut it down oh, let's go thanks everybody for hanging out with us on locked on maps being part of the show part of the raccoon squad all right slightly let's talk about these role players because they did really step up another big difference between last year's team and this year's team is they've got they've got deep depth i said that all summer the mavericks have better deep depth your exums your hardies your omaxes your markeith morrises your even Derek Jones Jr., like all these guys, the deep depth guys have been a lot better than they were last year. Last year, this team is like Luca, Justin Holiday, you know, like Frank yeah. Nilekina, like you were saying earlier. 
Uh, what did you see from Jaden Hardy? Because he had probably his best game of the season so far. He had 19 points, four assists, only two turnovers. He hit five threes. He was just nailing his threes and then a couple other buckets he hit too. Well, that was just it. I mean, hitting his threes. I feel like when he's hitting his threes, everything else just opens up for him and he just feels a little bit more confident. Like yeah. he's he's better at attacking closeouts. And I mean, in the fourth quarter, he he got blocked, I think like three times it felt like, <laughs> but that was just, the Grizzlies were really clamping up in the fourth quarter. Like there was nothing in the paint for the Mavericks. But uh, if he's just knocking down threes, his game just feels a lot better. When he's missing threes, you could say this about any player, but especially for Hardy where the in-between stuff can be really questionable. Like some of the decision-making is still a little shoddy. Some of the defensive stuff is still a little shoddy. And if he's missing threes on top of that, then he's almost an unplayable player, unfortunately, which has kind of been the case for most of the season. <laughs> Did the T-Pain thing. I don't know. When you said shoddy, it made me think of T-Pain. Shoddy. Shoddy. <laughs> Yeah, I was, Hardy. I was a little lost there. When that was <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, did I accidentally call someone T-Pain or something? No. Uh, yeah, 19 points for Hardy. He was hitting his threes. I like – he's got this one little move that I'm starting to like from him. He he drives the turnaround and, like, fadeaway little little jumper when he gets deep enough in the post. He hits that – feels like he hits that on a pretty good clip. I feel like that was one of the only other two-point shots he hit. But he was getting stuff going in the pick and roll. He needed to step up in this role because, uh, like we said – Kyrie was out. Tim Hardaway was out. The Mavs needed to find scoring somewhere. Seth Curry only had six points in this game. Played played 20 minutes, and Hardy played 30, 34 minutes almost. So he was in for a lot. He They really needed him to step up. They really got that from him. Omax! Ugh! Omax, three threes in this game, and Ooh. a really nice, like, really nice, like, pump fake under the mm-hmm. rim, like, layup that he got off of a cut. Uh, four rebounds for Omax. A couple of assists, too. Finished with 11 points. Omax, I thought, made made an effort and made an impact. He, he's going to make an impact with his defense. I feel like he had a huge block earlier in this game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and you, I saw – I don't remember. I think it was the end of the second quarter, maybe. It was at the end of one of the quarters, and it was a transition for the Grizzlies. And Exum and Omax are guarding the same player on the wing. Like, Omax, I think, got lost. Didn't, didn't pick up the guy in the corner. The ball gets swung to the corner, but he recovers fast enough yeah. to, like, legitimately contest the shot. And that's why people, are, you know, say, like, there are times where he looks like a rookie. Like he doesn't know where he is and he looks a little bit lost on the court, but his recovery, the speed in which he recovers is so impressive. And you can just see the flashes defensively where it's just like, Oh my Lord, if this guy like really just figures out how to play NBA defense and where he's supposed to go and transition and, you know, switching and all of that, he's going to be a defensive force on this team. And then, yeah, when he's knocking down threes, I wonder what the pump fake deal is because it works every time for him. Is that just like a rookie Guy who doesn't play a lot and teams are like, all right, we're just gonna bite on every pump fake because he's just gonna go up with it. It's like it's almost yeah, it's almost like there's sharks in the water. Like, oh, well, I'm gonna get this block <laughs> yeah. on this rookie who's gonna go up too fast. But like, it, he does. But he he's so patient with it because it seems yeah. like every every game that he plays, he'll he'll he has the ball. He can drive to the to the rim. He drives, gets to a he spot, can dribble, gets to a spot, and then like pump fake, pump fake, either gets fouled. Or it hits a layup like he did in this one. It just—it's a move that we're just going to see more and more, and I'm excited for it. If he's—this is where he's starting. Like this is a better starting place than where we were with Dorian Finney-Smith. This mm-hmm. is a place that we never got with Reggie Bullock. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. Or or Maxi or you know whoever else. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great to see him making an impact. He was on the uh, the post game interview with Derek Lively. You got both the rookies on there, so good to see that them. That was hilarious. Kind of a podium game for both of them. 
It was just really funny. Someone tweeted this, and it's so true. Like, Lively, is you just doesn't seem like a 19-year-old. And you can tell who went to Duke and who didn't. Because Lively, like, anytime he gets interviewed, is just like, yeah, so political. It just It's just a great interview. And then old Max, you can tell he's a little nervous. He's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, really trying my hardest to make an impact. The stuff. thing is, though, he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just funny. I, agree. I believe him 100%. Yeah. Exum continues to make an impact. We'll probably talk about this on um, – if we'll see if Grant Williams plays against the Lakers or not, but we may talk about this tomorrow and then on an off day. But um, did Dante Exum take Grant Williams' starting spot? Like he's played so well in this: sixteen points, six assists, two steals. He only hit one three. Is the one from the Luca crazy pass, which was the the one he definitely needed to hit. Uh, yeah, for that he had a block too. He played thirty five minutes in this game. It's just like that perfect connector, the other ball handler that they just desperately needed. Man, you think he might take Grant's starting spot? I mean, if you start looking around, you're like, okay, well, who's he Who's he come in for? He's been great in that starting lineup. He's played, yeah. he hasn't played against great teams. So let's see him again. Let's see him if he starts against this Lakers team and see what happens. But. I don't see why it wouldn't translate, though, really. Because the way he just plays, it's just smart. You know, it's not like he's feasting on bad defenses or anything like that or like going crazy. Like he's just making the right play every time. I could see that translating. I don't know. That'd be interesting. I, I, I'm interested if they just bring Grant immediately back to the starting lineup. I mean, something we didn't even talk about earlier. We talked about how shorthanded the Mavericks were. Derek Jones Jr. only played six minutes. Yeah, right, right. So add another player, essentially, like Derek Jones Jr. essentially missed this game for all intents and purposes. And uh, Exum really stepped up in that role, too. Yeah. He they like Exum ha- playing bigger. So that maybe he will start for Grant. That's what I'm saying. They- you got Exum and, and, and Derek Jones Jr. And you can just roll with it. Exum, Exum guards pretty well, too. Which I, which I would like to see. That was one of the, his calling cards coming to the NBA was defense. But yeah, Derek mm-hmm. Jones Jr. goes down. He had a great and one drive. He just went flying at the rim. Like when he gets when he gets like some some speed behind him and just like takes off. He's still her like in awe of what he can do at the rim. He had three blocks in six minutes. Oh my gosh, he did. It was all on help <laughs> stuff. It was all on help stuff. Yeah. I get when, when like lively had somebody pinned or or whatever. But then at like the five minute mark of the first quarter, he tries to run around a. a Jared Jackson Jr. screen and gets kneed right in the thigh and he goes out and apparently on the broadcast they said he could have come back in if they needed him but they were playing that's what over. I thought I heard I'm pretty certain I heard that yeah I, I don't I didn't hear it specifically on the broadcast but um it didn't seem like one of those injuries he would be out for a while so we'll, we'll see no. what happens but neither did Der- neither did Grant Williams and apparently he has a bone bruise now and he's been out for a couple games so I don't even remember the play Grant Williams got hurt on yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it was a specific play because it was just like right. It was just like knee soreness, and then it was like a bone bruise today. Luka Doncic played forty four minutes in this game. What do you expect from him tomorrow against the Lakers? So people in my chat when I was streaming were like, "There's no way Luka plays tomorrow," and I'm like, "I mean, doesn't he have to? Unless they just punt the game. Unless they're just like, we do not care if we win this game or not. We're so hurt, like we just, yeah. we're just gonna punt. But it's a it's a home it's a home game against the Lakers, which is gonna be a well attended game. Mm-hmm. Always is uh, national TV game. It's on TNT. Is it? Oh yeah, they gotta play then. They like they yeah. like almost literally have to play right because of the rest rule. I guess you could. Yeah, he come they up might with some... get in trouble if he doesn't. But he got. I mean, this. I feel like it's so easy to circumvent that rule. We used, to, but they've got really rich owners now, so we don't have to worry about paying any fines. That's or doing true. Anything. You know what I'm talking about? Like got, third richest owners, deep pockets now for the. <laughs> Shout out to Irving, Texas. <laughs> We'll see. Mark Stein pushed back on that today. He said, "Don't ex- don't expect it to to be an Irving." He's like, "They really so they're want going to, to Vegas." 
that they really want to keep it within Dallas city limits. And I was like, okay, Irving is pretty close. Yeah. It's in Dallas County, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. I used to live there. Yeah. It's in Dallas County. So there you go. Let us know in the comment section. What's one thing that stood out to you against this, against this Memphis Grizzlies team with the Mavericks. We'll be back tomorrow. Me and slightly. We'll talk about the Mavs Lakers game. Uh, and all that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Please Lockdown. <laughs> listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.